0: That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN.
1: This is Internet Marketing. Brought to you by Site Visibility at sitevisibility.com. This is Internet Marketing, and today I'm joined by Matt Parkinson, founder at Gene Commerce. Matt, how are you?
2: Very well, thanks, Andy. Thank you for having me. Absolute
1: pleasure. Um, Let's uh, start off, uh, let's do something different. Uh, Why don't you tell us about yourself and Gene?
2: Uh, Gene Commerce, we are an e commerce agency based in Brighton in the UK. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are primarily concentrating in the Magento platform, Magento Enterprise sites, and we are uh, a typical e commerce agency where we, we look after merchants and clients, do their strategy, planning, design, build, support, maintenance, and ultimately try and grow their online business and we've we work across a number of verticals we don't specialize in any particular area but what does make us slightly different is that we we also create software alongside our client work so we've got a uh, an interesting r&d innovation wing to the business and keeps our developers interested and has created some really interesting extensions, modules, and softwares over the last couple of years.
1: Brilliant. Well, we'll come on to those in a minute. I like the word "gene." Being a sort of biologist and a zoologist, I like the word "gene." Where did that come from? What was the inspiration behind that?
2: Uh, I do. I do have a, an interest in natural history, uh, stemming yeah, stemming back a few years. Had the the amazing opportunity to go to Galapagos Islands and started to get a bit of a, a, a nerd around evolution charles darwin etc so there were without sounding too much like a branding consultant there were some echoes in evolution that we wanted to take into the uh, e-commerce world such as survival of the fittest and uh, small changes big differences so we thought we'd build a bit of brand bit of philosophy philosophy around um, evolution nice one and uh, that's where Gene's that's where come from, yeah. And
1: we've got so much in common, Matt. <laughs>
2: exactly. And it's, yeah, we try and, we try and keep the, a theme going, uh, much to the annoyance of a lot of people who look at me blankly in the office. But uh, <laughs> we've got a nice uh, four-foot mural that's painted by a very talented illustrator in Brighton of Charles Darwin that overlooks our uh, our boardroom at the moment.
1: Wow. For a minute, I thought you were going to say you've got a cardboard cutout
2: of David Assenborough. That's next. That's next. <laughs> We'd love to we'd love to have him down
1: anyway better move on to uh magento because that's what we're supposed to be talking about today um magento or magneto as i often wrongly call it who i think is a super character isn't he isn't he one of the x-men
2: he's he, he is and you wouldn't be the first to uh to refer to it as magneto
1: so magento uh, magento 2 this is the uh, latest incarnation isn't it tell us about it give us a quick overview of, just remind us all what what magento does but and then specifically talk about magento 2
2: well, Magento has been around for, for many years now. It was born as an open source product, really in, uh, to fulfill a gap in the market uh, around about the time where OS Commerce was the, the main open source player in the e-commerce world, yeah. created by a, an agency over in the States called Varian. And it, it was a, a really interesting and groundbreaking approach that they, they had to creating this open source framework and it started to get traction and momentum. And to cut a long story short, started to get a lot of market share. It was acquired by eBay a few years ago, spent a couple of years uh, under the eBay PayPal wing. And recently, I think two years ago now, it was split off again into a a private business. And it's under private equity hands now in the States and targeted with with promoting their new platform Magento 2 which is a rework and recode of the uh, the system Mm. and that was launched broadly about 12 months ago long awaited it was in the roadmap for for many many months well years in fact and it has hit the market and people are slowly shall we say getting to grips with it
1: and is it easy to sort of migrate to Magento 2 from previous versions
2: it 's not it 's not an easy migration process as you would expect in other open source products such as as wordpress it 's not a, mm. a click upgrade so that 's why people are getting getting to grips with it and the the ecosystem because magento has a a wide community uh, a vast ecosystem of developers around the world and it is a steep learning curve to get to grips with the new technology of Magento two, and merchants on Magento one will effectively looking to to rebuild their sites if they are migrating over to Magento two. So it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a learning curve at the moment.
1: Yeah, yeah. So let's move on to this um, plugin that you've produced, this Bluefoot plugin, and uh, the problems it solves. And I believe there's a bit of an announcement, isn't there?
2: <laughs> there is uh, just Bluefoot a little one CMS. Just a little one. Uh, let me, I'll start off by telling you a little bit about Bluefoot CMS. Mm. And this was started off as some software we were building for merchants a couple of years ago. Magento does a lot of things very well. It also has uh, areas where it's suboptimal, shall we say. And one of those areas has been around content management.
1: Mm.
2: Magento's shipped with uh, quite a dated now uh, WYSIWYG tool that yeah. uh, retailers are expected to use to uh, control their content pages and product descriptions, etc. Uh, so if you wanted to do anything very creative on the site, then typically you'd have to involve a, uh, a designer or a front-end dev mm. to get those pages created. A lot of merchants typically integrated WordPress into their Magento systems so that they could have better capability on content management because the UI in WordPress allows you to do a little bit more from a non-technical point of view, dragging and dropping,
1: Mm.
2: uh, etc. We never felt that that was uh, an elegant solution when merchants that we were building sites for were investing heavily in an enterprise system. It didn't seem right that to fulfill a gap we needed to uh, integrate and shoehorn in WordPress because there's obviously a lot of challenges around that as well so we wanted to cr- come up with a bit more of a, a seamless integrated and elegant solution yeah we started a, a few years ago creating a drag and drop user interface to power where magento put in the WYSIWYG tiny MC WYSIWYG system and it started to develop through a number of projects we were working on uh, we were getting great feedback from Clients and we were winning winning more and more pitches based on the fact that we could bring this kind of capability to our websites
1: Mm.
2: so it was about november 2015 so a little over a year ago 14 months ago we decided that we would productize this bit of software and we would take it take it to market and actually offer it up to the the whole of the magento community magento has a a huge conference in Las Vegas every April called uh, Imagine. Mm. So we set, our, set ourselves a target to have a product to release in Imagine 2016, which we did, and that was that was a big incentive for our developers. I get it finished, and you can go to Vegas to show it off. So we set about over the course of three or four months to productize it and get a, a Magento 1 Product available and a Magento two sort of feature product available to showcase.
1: So you were you were developing it right on the cusp of the uh, of the uh, switch over from one to two. Then that must have been interesting.
2: Yeah, it was it was a challenge. We know Magento one very well. We did it over a year ago, and it made a lot of sense. That was where the market was. So if we were going to put a product out to market, we wanted to make sure there were enough customers to buy yeah. it. So whilst the timing of the crossover for Magento one, still investing in Magento one wasn't necessarily the right thing to do commercially or professionally, but commercially it made a lot of sense and it meant that we could, we could hone the product on Magento one and make sure that, you know, the mistakes we made on that wouldn't be replicated on the eventual Magento two product. And uh, we launched it in, in the conference and, we, feedback was fantastic, mm. and we started started selling the product, mainly Magento 1, but a lot of the early adopters on Magento 2 started to picking, picking it up
1: mm. and
2: started getting great feedback. Uh, we made the product open source and extensible. We tried to mirror the Magento architecture and framework as closely as possible, mm. so Magento developers that were used to the system would feel comfortable with it They would be able to extend it, adapt it to their needs. So it was very much a a product that was uh, focused on the ease of use for merchants and retailers, but also technically very focused on developers using it. Ultimately, we wanted to build a product that we would want to use ourselves within the agency. That was the driving force. Uh, Sounds really good. (laughs) Yeah, so we started soft peddling that for a few months and then uh, started to get a bit of traction. And we're getting very good feedback. And then September last year, someone came knocking, interested in acquiring the software. And a couple of months later, just about December time, just a couple of days before Christmas, we closed the deal. And the Bluefoot technology was actually acquired by Magento themselves. Wow. And they are now on process over the coming months to integrate it fully into their their core platform. So a, a fantastic result for us. Twelve months after committing it to to market, having the mothership come knocking and say, "That's what we want for our future plans for content management."
1: Brilliant story. And again, I like the name Bluefoot. Does that got any sort of zoological uh, sort of connotations?
2: Bluefooted booby. Yeah, you know, I was wondering if the, it was
1: a sea dance, for, a seabird.
2: <laughs> the bluefooted booby, the dancing bird of the uh, the Galapagos Islands. There you go. So all connected. Yeah. And we actually named him Char- Charlie as well, after Charles.
1: <laughs> what Charlie the blue-footed? What was it again?
2: <laughs> Charlie the blue-footed booby. Booby. Yeah. yeah.
1: Which is a seabird, folks. Right. Let's move Which on to um, Apple Payments uh, because that's very big at the moment. Um, how does that work with uh, Magento? And has it sort of? How does it break down the future, etc.? What's it, what, What's coming up?
2: Well, this this is one of the, the really exciting areas that we've been working on over the last last few months. So we're f- we're fortunate enough to have a, a product out in the market that connects Magento merchants up with PayPal and uh, Braintree, the credit card processing. So we've been we built a uh, an integration kit for Magento a couple of years ago, and that allows merchants to hook up to to PayPal and Braintree, and we released that into the market free, and it powers. Uh, A couple of thousand merchants around the world now and as part of that framework we were able to look at some of the new payment methods that are coming to market and most notably back in september october last year apple made the decision to open up their apis for apple pay to be used on the web up until that date it was only available in app based native app based products Mm point of sale etc so the moment they opened up to be able to use on safari web browsers uh, on their latest ios devices we jumped at that chance and built a connector on top of our brain tree software that enables people now to use apple pay from the web and, and if you get the opportunity to use this on your iphone or ipad or the, the latest iMac it is uh, a real revolutionary groundbreaking way of making payments on the web no longer do you need to go through a checkout tap in your credit card details it's literally a hit the apple button and then put your thumb on the home button of your phone and you're paid and i think this is the first move to some really exciting and game-changing payments in in e-commerce it's sort of the first step i can see to check commerce in context commerce and the so we've installed apple pay now on a a number of our merchants and it's you know it's still early days we're only talking two or three months but early indications is it's having a huge and dramatic impact on mobile conversion and mobile conversion is a big hot topic at the moment it's only last last year or 18 months where we've seen certainly in the the sites that we monitor the real shift from traffic now over to to mobile and trumping desktop traffic. And actually, the shift now has to be in mobile trumping desktop on revenue Mm. uh, and sales. But the conversion rate still eludes many merchants on mobile. And I think this type of technology is going to be one of the answers to uh, promoting that conversion on mobile and tablet.
0: Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombuscom slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Ready to start talking to your kids about financial literacy? Meet Greenlight, the debit card and money app that teaches kids and teens how to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest with your guardrails in place. Parents can send instant money transfers, automate allowance, and more. Plus, keep an eye on spending with real-time notifications. Join more than 6 million parents and kids building healthy financial habits together on Greenlight. Get your first month free at greenlight.com slash ACAST. That's greenlight.com slash ACAST.
1: That's interesting, isn't it, that sort of adding Apple payments uh, is increasing uh, conversions. Is there much... I'm not really aware, Matt. Do you know how much... um, Sort of how many other products are starting to integrate Apple payments? Is it quite slow or are quite a lot of them doing it now?
2: Uh it's it was a slow take up. There are there are a couple of other payment providers that are starting to do that, and I think a couple now have have released that capability. I think what, what surprised me is that because it's so easy and so frictionless to buy something, it's actually quite unnerving. Yes. To simply just put your thumb over the home button and yes. get taken to this success page. And it's akin to when Amazon launched their one-click payment In how how people were very nervous at how easy it was to, to do it. So there's clearly a lot of early adopters. Uh, I just think it will take a little bit of time for people to, to get used to it and for it to become the norm. And then in a short period, it will be unusual or inconceivable to go through a three-step, five-step checkout, take your credit card out of your wallet, key in the numbers, and go through that process. When on a lot of the sites, you're simply just putting your thumb or adding your password or passcode, and all your delivery shipping details are just fed through automatically. Yeah, your it's,
1: it's an interesting story, The this, this notion of um, buying becoming more and more frictionless. You know, oh dear, I've put my thumb on my iPhone in my pocket. I've accidentally bought a diamond or something but there was yes. that um, there yes. was that um, thing in the news wasn't there recently about was it amazon echo well one of the voice activated um systems actually got activated by a man reading the news out
2: <laughs> i i saw that it, hilarious yeah i've i've have the same problem i've, I've bought uh, an amazon echo this uh, this christmas yeah and i've got a A five-year-old daughter who now thinks all she needs to do is say alexa please can i have some more play-doh and it turns up the next day and so that that was the first indication that i had to uh, i had to go and put a pin on it because it is so (laughs) easy yeah
1: yeah i mean this is a slightly cumbersome segue into the next question really because i know that you're doing some r&d around the amazon echo aren't you um sort of pervasive marketing i think it's called sort of purchasing tell us about that what's going on there
2: yeah we we're, we're looking at uh, clearly it's uh you know there's there's some gimmicky stuff around the Amazon Echo but it it's there's some really interesting opportunities I think there outside of using it just to buy stuff off Amazon and I think some brands have recognized that and we're trying to work out what what opportunities there are for the merchants that we're we're working for and I think for for products where you perhaps there's a lot of repeat purchases so for instance, like toothpaste or or dog food, things like that that you're buying on a regular basis
1: mm.
2: to remove that that uh, friction of going to the website and reordering is is quite interesting because you can buy in a lot of brand loyalty in that in that regard. So we work with a health supplement business that sells protein. Mm. Uh, it's quite quite common. A part, big part of their business is the subscription engine. So you just get resupplied every month. Mm. It's part of your fitness planning. If you didn't want to do that then why not you go to your cupboard you're getting low on your on your supplements and all you have to do is shout out say alexa please order me some more protein and then <laughs> alexa will just say do you want that delivered to home or work and you say home and there it is the next day <laughs> it turns up
1: and you get a delivery of play-doh uh, the next week
2: <laughs> exactly yeah so you gotta be you gotta be well exactly well yeah i accidentally ordered a chicken gel phrasey from just eat when i was messing around I couldn't, couldn't jump in <laughs> quick enough to, to stop it so it yeah it, it does it takes a bit of learning but i think there are some real interesting opportunities there for for brands to get involved and you know lexus one google's bringing out uh, its home home box as well so i think the voice activated commerce is certainly uh, an interesting area we're we're sort of doing some r&d into at the moment
1: and is that linked to um you know, uh, M- Magento, or is that sort of separate to Magento? Is that sort of outside of Magento? Uh,
2: well, we we're connecting it to Magento because you know, all our clients that we work with are on Magento systems, so yep. it makes sense that the the API behind uh, hooks into the uh, the ordering process within Magento. So that is the uh, uh, the plan at the moment, and seeing what else it can do. Uh, you know checking on your order statuses if you wanted checking on pricing if you wanted checking on if there's any special offers coming that sort of thing so really trying to build in some brand loyalty i think in this very competitive commerce and i think over the next next couple of years one of the one of the key things for for brands to differentiate themselves is to make uh, is to be able to compete with amazon from a from an ordering process to make it and easier and more convenient and perhaps not concentrating so much on the race to the bottom with, uh, with discounts. It's trying to build in brand loyalty in a slightly different way, whether mm. it be convenience, whether it's saving people time and money or, or offering something, some other added value.
1: What do you think about uh, virtual reality, Matt? This is, this is not really um, Magento specific, um, but a lot of people I've spoken to in latter months have mentioned you know, virtual reality and how it might affect sort of how we buy things on the web. Have you got much of
2: an opinion on this? I do. It's something we're, we're constantly discussing here. Uh, I know there's, you know there's clearly a lot of money and a lot of investment going in from some of the big brands, hmm. Very, fairly early days. I think this, this Christmas certainly seemed to be the first time where virtual reality became a lot more mainstream. Mm. A lot more accessible to people, so everyone's Christmas lists. So it's it's certainly it's here and it's 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 growing and it's only a, a natural progression. There's some brands already doing it, you know, in the interior design world. You can design the kitchens and walk around it. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I can see there's a natural progression for apparel and clothing. We have virtual reality dressing rooms, that sort of thing. So it's it's going to be a, a big part of of what's coming and. We we're not in that space at the moment, but we're certainly uh, looking at and discussing and seeing whether that's something that we're uh, we should be uh, getting involved in. It's all happening very quickly. So many technologies, so many things. I think it's it's important not to jump on on all of them. Uh, work out what's the the right thing for the the brands you're working on at that time and their customers.
1: Yeah. Well, Matt, thanks so much for joining us. Um, how can our listeners find out more about you and more about uh, Gene?
2: Uh, website gene.co.uk check us out if if you want to know anything more about apple pay and uh, what's coming also in the next few months hopefully android pay then drop us a line we'll be happy to uh, chat through that and if you want to know anything more about the plan for bluefoot cms and what uh, drove us to uh, to build that please just get in touch matt at gene.co.uk
1: fantastic and thank you for listening the show notes are at the usual place sitevisibility.com slash impodcast Um, we're looking to get some more questions and answers so if you want to feed back to us with a question or a comment, but mainly questions the email is podcast at sitevisibility.com and the magic phone number is plus 441273256150 if you phone that you'll be prompted by a very strange man me to uh, leave a a voice message and um, if you're lucky we'll play it on the show. It's goodbye from me Andy and it's goodbye from Matt Parkinson Goodbye. And we'll see you next time on Internet Marketing.